Kevin Markwick. Fruit ice. Cherry ice cream. Covered with chocolate and hazelnuts. What a feast on a stick. Put on the chocolate sundae with nuts.
I don't know. There you go. That's the emotions. We can't. What year are they from? Phil. Uh, uh, mm. Let's just say, uh, say when. When? Uh, Somebody. 70s. Uh, 70s. Say. Why do we even bother? Hello, everyone. Welcome along. It's the Kevin Markwick Show again. Sorry about that. Thank you, Adrian, for the previous two hours of uh, soul loveliness. And we've got a very special show for you tonight. Hey. I'm going to turn your mic up. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Phil Lott is in the house. Is that how you say it? It's like in the That's house. That's how we say it. In, in the street. In the yes, street. For the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a good show. So he's picked all the music tonight. So if you want to write and complain, it's all his fault. Uh, we've got music from uh, Man on Fire, uh, Oblivion, uh, Star Trek, West Wing. Uh, American president. It's the same music, isn't it? No, anyway, no, no, let's not go there. No, let's not, that's, that's not exactly what it's on the yeah, playlist. <laughs> just to annoy you. And uh, Magnolia. Ooh, uh, Jaws. Have I said Jaws already? Anyway, there's lots and lots of really good stuff, actually. As I knew there would be. And, of course, the other thing is to get in touch with the show, please. At Kevin Markwick on Twitter. Uh, or the Kevin Markwick Show on Facebook. You can interact with us in the studio. You perhaps you can probably see Phil better than you can see me. Hello. <laughs> it's one of those ones that only refreshes every eight seconds, so you can take your trousers down and pull them up before it refreshes. That was lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good thing. So now, the only thing I can think of to start the show tonight that would actually sort of, in some way, uh, mirror our, the way our brains work was this one. This camel is tough on the spine Hit me with a band-aid, Dad Where they're going, why we're going How can we be sure? I'll lay you eight to five That we'll meet Dorothy Lamour And get in line Off on the road to Morocco Hang on till the end of the line Like your jockey Quiet, I hear this country's where they do the dance of the seven veils. We tell you more, but we would uh, have the censor on our tail. Good boy, we certainly do get around. Like Webster's Dictionary, we're Morocco bound. We're off on the road to Morocco. Well, look out. Well, clear the way, because here we come. <laughs> the many fires sleep on nails and saw their wives in half. It seems to me there should be easier ways to get a laugh. Shall I slip my big shoes on? Off on the road to Morocco. Hooray! Well, blow a horn. Everybody duck. Yes, yeah, the green light. Come on, boys. We may run into villains. But we're not afraid to roam Because we read the story And we end up safe OK, so you have to imagine we're both on a camel Certainly do get I am. around Can you do that? Yes, like very humble. Webster's <laughs> Dictionary We're Morocco <laughs> Road to Morocco, what year was that? Ah, oh, you think I would, you know You're I looking didn't, at me I, I didn't, yeah Well, actually, I have to say That's the one thing I'm going to say about this playlist Which is a great playlist yep. Ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Yes But, um... There's nothing before 1980. 
Mm, Why? You might have me on that. <laughs> you might. Why? I was trying to look for something that was upbeat. I didn't, you know... Well, not that they didn't... Well, that up, was Road to Morocco. It was like 1947. That was quite upbeat. upbeat. Yes, you yes. could. Yes. Yeah. OK, I should have tried harder. Must no, no, no. Sorry, that was unfair, wasn't it? <laughs> to bring you on and then start, start being really horrible. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? OK, so Phil here has got... Uh, OK, you can go to his IMDb page, IMDb page and look up uh, what a quality filmmaker and television maker he really is. You. You. In fact, you have to go to a website to find it. I had to look it up. <laughs> right. And I'm one of your best mates. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not fair, is it? Because you've actually just um, had a quite an incredible experience DPing a first feature film. I did. It was very exciting. It's a very exciting year. It's yes. after all these years of making films, and we'll yes. come talk about that in a bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, finally uh, DP'd my first feature film called Kelly and Cow. Yes. And it just won the Game Change Award at South by Southwest. Yes, it did. I was there. You were lovely enough to come along to and support. It was a great night. And it's got Juliet Lewis and Sybil mm-hmm. Shepherd and Who's very good. Johnny Weston, who's yes. incredible. He was in a film you may have seen uh, called Chasing Mavericks, which was the one about this with uh, well, the Scottish chap who uh, does. He was uh, in 300. Uh, him. Hey. Oh, this is Sparta. Hey. Yeah. Glenn doesn't <laughs> Marangi doesn't help us. Glenn Ponder, no. Yes. Ah, yeah, him, no, him, him. But see, you were, you see, you were worried. <laughs> I, I do this all the time. I, I said you should just have IMDb up, DB up the whole time. The whole. Well, I have, well, but then I have to go help. and look it up. If I go, this is Sparta. I can't look that up, can I? It's not voice activated. <laughs> yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? It's a beautiful it, studio. Thank you for yes. having me along. No, that's by the quite way. right. Sorry, but sorry, even though I'm dissing it for not having IMDb up and voice activated computers. No, no. But that'd be great if you could IMDb with impressions. <laughs> really bad impressions yeah. of, of, of really poorly imitated yeah. Scottish actors. This is Sparta. Oh, you must be searching for... <laughs> you must be searching for Lassie. <laughs> Um, Billy Colony. Always Billy, comes up with Billy uh, Colony. Yeah, every, every, single every time I do that. I could have been a contender, Charlie. You have been searching for <laughs> Billy Colony. Billy Colony. Uh, no, it's, yeah, him. why was he, why do, how did we get onto him anyway? Can't remember. Uh, oh, yes, uh, uh, Chasing Beverage, which is Johnny Weston. Right. In the film called Kelly and Cow. Yes. Which I said, said, just, said uh, just won a uh, great director, Jim McGowan. We should explain to the viewer yes. that um, DP means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> director of photography. Director of photography. Or cinematographer. Yes. Cameraman, lighting yes. cameraman. Because yeah. we actually, it, over here. Yeah, we call it DOP, don't we? Director DOP, of yeah. photography. That's true. We we are in. I live in America. In America, that's of course. Yes. Local boy, by the way. Yes. I was born in Shoreham by Sea, and mm-hmm. I think my story. And I lived in Hailsham for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think my story, and I'm sticking to it, is I saw Star Wars at your cinema. Yeah. And I'm sticking to it. And then yeah. I lived in Stenning. So actually, one of the reasons why I'm over for the 400th anniversary of the Stenning Grammar School, which is a regular school. For, yes, it is. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But, 400th anniversary of you. Yes, it's also your 40th birthday as well, isn't it? Truth, we were not saying that. Yeah, why not? not, not that. So anyway, I'm going to read some of the uh, great television that you've made as well. Hmm. Oh, what have we got here? Faking It, USA. Yes. Uh, banged Up Abroad. Yes. That was a big hit, wasn't it? It was an uh, incredible hit. For I mean, I don't, I don't know sort of how it's sort of doing over here, but I know that uh, it was for Channel 5, I think, over here, and then it became a big, big, big hit on National Geographic in America, which is a huge thing for them. Mm. It was their longest-running show, apparently, mm. over there. Super Nanny. Um, which is, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm reading them out. I know, I'm just I reading them out. You don't read out those yeah. ones. <laughs> 
you read out the other ones? And you... Um, what okay, what, what's another one I should read out then? Auction Hunters? Mm, I'm Alive? Mm. The Pitch? No. Yeah, The Pitch no. is good. The Pitch was, was good. good. It was no, that was. Atlantic that was over good. Here. Yeah. Um, and it was AMC's first reality show. Um, Be the Boss. Is that what it was called? Another one. Yeah, no, no, no. no, we don't talk about it. Well, it's, you know... No, no, we do. Well, anyway, What's the other it's, one? It's What's the, the one that got like 400 million? That was the American version. I've done a lot of the American versions of the English show. So right. Undercover Boss was... Undercover Boss. Yes, which was the Channel 4 show over here. Right. And the American version over there Okay. Uh, was played after the Super Bowl. So 40 million, 41 million, million people, people couldn't be asked to get off the sofa <laughs> and turn over. <laughs> it's a lot of chips to eat. It's a lot of chips. As, oh. as, my, as my friend over there says... Um, uh, the Super Bowl that year was watched by 111 million people, yes. which means I had 70 million people turn off my show. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, if you want to look at it like that. Yes, it's a pandemic. We'd look. better play some music because then I've got to do a thing. So we're going to do uh, From My Brother Where Out There. Why did you pick that? Uh, because it's a Coen Brothers yes. uh, uh, track, which I have been listening to the show over in Los Angeles, driving around. Yes. Um, and you have played songs from. What's the one, the baby one? Bringing yeah, up... Yeah, bringing up... up. <laughs> Coen Brothers, bringing up baby. <laughs> bringing up... What was it? Bring Raising you, Arizona. Bringing up Fargo. No. Yes, Raising Arizona. Yeah. And you play that pretty much every week. Do I? Something from it. Or it's been on a few weeks. Oh, okay. So I thought I'd give you a Coen Brothers... Something different. Yeah. But also it's... It's, you know, it's your brother. You uh, yeah, no, you can't say fairer than that. No. Okay, here we go. Uh, down to the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Come on, brothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, fathers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, fathers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. Well, would you care for a golfer? <laughs> is that what it is? You turn me into a new Turn me into a toad. toad. It was a toad. Right. Oh, that's great. From Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Down to the River and Pray, which was in the year... Let us consult the list. Fortunately... <laughs> Uh, uh, 2000. Yikes, it's 14 years old. Can you believe that? Can you hear me all right? Is it right? Am I coming? Oh, there you go. Fortunately, Jen is in Los Angeles helping us out, but it's feeding us information like Gerard Butler. I guess they have the working IMDb in America. Uh, well, I do, but I can't type and talk at the same time. Okay, we're going to have a break, and when we come back, we're going to do some Star Trekking. <laughs> 
Still needs that bit at the end though, doesn't it? It did it. <laughs> we were just talking about how you were worried that the machine might yeah. jump off the end. And then you had to mention the big finish. Uh, <laughs> what big finish? It's not a big finish no for big you. Finish. It was good, though, isn't it? What a great score. Amazing score. Uh, Michael Giacchino. Giacchino to you. Giacchino, yeah, which is, um, you know, it's just great. He's amazing and he's been and done all those cool scores and now he's going to do Star Wars Is he well. doing so? I was, I was, that was going to be my next question. Is I mean, if he... he's not, he's got, you know, JJ's going to be very awkward. <laughs> JJ Abrams is going to be very awkward Christmas. Well, because he seems to be uh, aligned with JJ, doesn't he? Yes, he's been with him since uh, yeah. the beginning, I think, the Lost and... Fringe here. Uh, was that one of his? Yeah. JJ's. Yeah, all that. Lost, yeah. Um... Star Trek. Oh, lots of weird stuff. Oh, Jurassic Park, the ride. We did. Well, Who could that? forget that score? <laughs> Toe tapping. It was head screaming. Oh. Well, the thing, is, and, and it's interesting to to hear about these, you know, different composers. We share a love of yeah, yeah. Of, of film composing and film mm -hmm. music. And what I like about his story is that he started a lot of his stuff started in in computer games. And so you hear a lot of the, you know, the classic people going the other way and mm -hmm. now trying to figure out how to do computer games. But he started there. So he, now here he is doing, didn't he do well? Yeah, they seem to, I mean, the, the computer game thing now is enormous, isn't it? I mean, the money to be made for composers in that. It's incredible. Be... Yeah, no, it's amazing. And all you have to do is do a loop. <laughs> so it just keeps going around. So you are not the administrator. So it's, it's, it's that. Oh, you did Super 8 as well. He did Super 8, yeah. Well, oh, JJ. So, JJ again, yeah. But big scores. Mission a Impossible. Big, it is a proper big... Cool score. But, proper big-ass score. But also, what a, you know, what a privilege, but also what a terrifying thing to mention to get given that franchise. You know, who in the world doesn't know, you know Coca-Cola and the Star, Star Trek? Trek yeah, but also you have, to be fair, got that Alexander Courage cue to call on, haven't you? Yes. You only have to go... And he goes, you've got me. Right. You, you <laughs> I mean, he could just be playing the, the comb and, and paper. Which, to that. be frank, he actually tried. <laughs> <laughs> and they put it up against a picture, and JJ said... Mm. Frankly, Michael, you want the Star Wars gig, you're going to have to do better than the comb and paper. I bought, I bought bottle tops. Yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, and oh, I didn't. Oh, so what about John? Again, didn't John Williams get the gig? Again, did they have to go to John Williams' Full castle, well, which well, presumably John Williams has a big castle, John Williams' castle, <laughs> of music. And, and, well, the, and the drawbridge came down. Well, I'm John sorry, was, John. You, you remember he because he did the score for the Harry Potter, and he created yes. that. You know, biddly buddly bingy bongy <laughs> thing that he does again. Yeah. You know, JJ wouldn't have accepted that. He was a biddly boldly not cutting it. No. And then, uh, then he did. He didn't do the others, did he? He, he did the. You know, no, the but theme Star and Wars is different, though, isn't it? Maybe. Well, see, let's find out. Let's see. Because he did every other one, didn't he? He even did the rubbishy ones. <laughs> that's what. That's how we refer to them. <laughs> Yeah, oh, can I do the rubbishy okay, ones too? Do, do the rubbishy ones. Um, yeah, because actually, the, even in uh, um, b -b 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 the Phantom Menace, there's that great yeah. cue, isn't oh, there? The, yeah, the, the, the fates, fates, the Battle of the Fates, yes. or whatever it is. Which I almost put on this list, but Did you? I put something you else. put Jaws on there as well. Yes. Was there one other John Williams? No, I think that was it, wasn't it? No, a couple came off. Oh, really? I'm filling in my sheet here like bingo. Yeah, well, it's a difficult thing to fit. I mean, especially the way we're wittering on, but it's uh, to fit everything into two hours is uh, is next to impossible. So we're going to move on now 
to Harry Gregson Williams' score for Man on Fire. Man walking away from explosion <laughs> slow, slow, and, not twinch, and not twinching. No, he doesn't twinch. <laughs> you know, he learned that as a dance movie. He uh-huh. do that. You, you like this one a lot, though, don't you? you I do. do this, like this, one. this is, uh, you know, a lot of the time, obviously I work in television, you have a lot of great filmmakers who have been on your show, and that's fantastic. Um, and I aim to come back when I've made all mine, too. Yes. But <laughs> in television... Uh, a lot of the time you're taking influence from all, all over the place. And uh, Man on Fire was a track that we used a lot when we were, we were preparing to make uh, Banged Up Abroad. Ah, um, okay. And a good friend of mine, Bart Layton, amazing filmmaker. He made the film Imposter. Imposter, which is great, yep. Uh, this was his show. His, his brainchild came up with a show. And... Uh, we wanted some very cool visuals, so we basically ripped off Tony Scott. Tony Scott. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Make it look like Tony Scott. What would he do? And <laughs> what so would Tony you, do? What would Tony do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we decided to listen to some music, too. So I, I, oh. I, I love this track and uh, this, well, this, okay. this whole soundtrack. And actually, there's a link to a film that you made, too, after this. But we'll Ooh, talk about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't think I've got that bit. <clears throat> I mean, it wouldn't work. But anyway, no, let's, uh, this is uh, part of Harry Gregson Williams' score for Man on Fire. So it's going to keep doing that for a bit, isn't it? It, it is a little bit. 
no, no, it's great. It's, but it's great. A, a brilliant score, and that's why it's it's cool. It had all that kind of rewinding cameras and double exposure and that kind of amazing image images. I'm trying to think. Where does it sit in the Tony Scott oeuvre? Is it kind of one of the early ones of those? Well, no, he started off no. doing that, didn't he? Really, I mean, he did Top Gun. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So. You could say that was he started. I remember being really impressed with the hunger. That was the one. That, I mean, that's going way back, though, isn't it? I d yes, I don't. I don't remember that one as well. I mm. think this is like the sort of the mid mid nineties, sort of early mid nineties, well, mid nineties kind of reboots yes. of that weird crazy stuff. Then with Domino, you remember those weird crazy colours? Yeah. My name is Domino Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't great. No, oh, I'm Tom Waits. I'm in the desert. Ooh. Oh yeah, all that kind of weird stuff. Yeah, but that of course because we were going to link that in because I was going to play a bit of music from a film that I made called Lullaby and I couldn't make it work tonight, unfortunately. Cause, oh, it's a shame. Because it's a beautiful score. Yes, and because um, actually Stephen Barton, who wrote the music, used to work for Harry. Harry goes to the rooms. And, and it's sort of how these, all the composers sort of learn. They kind of, like the, you know, the, the studio of Rembrandt, sort of how it works. You Seems to be, doesn't it? Work with, with the composer. And I think Stephen may have even conducted that. Oh, that what, the Man on Fire bit? Mm. Oh, Okay. Because Harry, I think, was a, was he like a protege of Hans Zimmer or something? Yes, yeah, so he, you know, the little wiz yeah. wizards. He was, <laughs> he, he studied there. He begat. Yes. Hans Zimmer begat. And Harry the father becomes, becomes the son, and the son the father. And all that kind of stuff. All right, OK, we're going to have a break. When we come back, we're going to do classic John Williams.
obviously from the classic 1975 film Jaws. We're trying to work out. That was a weird kind of medley. It was. I'm sorry about that. No, no, it's all right <laughs> because I somehow feel responsible. Um, you want to get a bit oh, uh, yes, uh, yeah, mumbling well, around midnight. Well, I was trying to find a track, a version of the track, which yes. was not you know do 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 because everyone knows that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying, but there's a great sequence where they come out of. Uh, uh, the harbour, yes, and that's that kind of great fugue. And yeah, the, the shot through the the, the the jaws, the jaws through the through jaws, the, yeah. through the jaws uh, out onto the into the ocean. That's when the adventure begins. Yeah, and then it's this sort of it's a not terribly well recognised piece of music. But then this is a really obscure version of that track. <laughs> well, because all I could find was the collector's edition 25th anniversary. Well, you are a connoisseur. Uh, well, no, it's all I could find online. Um, I do have the original soundtrack. I'm on vinyl. But right. in this day and age, mm, you no, can't, credit. No, no, no credit for you. You no. cannot play vinyl in a studio. So... Um, I couldn't play it, but yes, it had the in fact. Well, the original soundtrack had a much kind of broader, popular appeal, didn't it? Oh yeah, when I mean, I mean, you've talked about this a lot, that this, the, you know, back in the day before VHS, it was the only reference you had of the film. And if you wanted to see the film again, experience the film again, that's what you had to. You had to listen to the music, but I think it was quite. I mean, it's a seminal film for anyone, probably. Uh, between the age of uh, yeah, forty and fifty, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't know. Wait, no, yes, you would. Wait. <laughs> I would say that I think it should be a similar film yeah. for, for every young filmmaker ever. But did you... Um, I'm going to ask this question, embarrassing you. Did, so you might have been a bit young to see it in the cinema when it came out, I guess. Yes, let's yes, just say were. I would have been two. Two. Yeah. Oh. Well, one, even. What? He no, shot you were He shot it in 75, I want to say. Mm, OK. Because he was only 20. Mm, oh, dear. <laughs> That's inspiring, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Well done. Don't worry, you. kids. Let me just say he's going to go a long way. I think yeah, actually, yeah. no, I was working out this afternoon. I was 12 years old right. when that film came out. And I, my, without getting too boring about it, my, um, we didn't play it when it came out. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. I, it took me a long time to forgive the old man because he wouldn't play it for four weeks. Well, wasn't it something with Star Wars? The same? The same, the same, yeah. Oh. So he wouldn't play it for four weeks. And, yeah. and Jaws came out Boxing Day 1975 in the UK. Yeah. And I was desperate to see it. As you can imagine, 12 year old boy, I was like oh, beside myself. But no, Universal insisted. It was uh, CIC at the time, actually, yes. if you remember them. Yes. Uh, who well, I actually remember the one on the carpet in Brighton at the, at the age. Yes, yes, with the three, the three <laughs> links on the, on the carpet. It's a very obscure reference. And um, they, they insisted on four weeks because this picture was so big. And he wouldn't play anything in a single screen, which you can understand for four weeks. Commit a single screen cinema for also, four weeks to one film. Also, the people of Backfield are terrified of sharks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Famously. Famously terrified of sharks. Yes. So um, we didn't play it until the following October. Can you imagine that? Hmm. A film, you a know, film you can't wait for. Yes. In what October. You're going to no, no. Whole, so what happened? <laughs> what happened was uh, my nan lived in Eastbourne. And they were playing it like the whole summer at the ABC in Eastbourne. So I went down deliberately and I watched it every day for a fortnight. <laughs> now, it's only true film fans that can understand uh, that kind of dedication. I, I paid to see it every day. That's incredible because that's, I guess the next time that would have happened is that's the VHS experience. I suppose so, yeah. No, the wow. only way I could see that film... I, you know, as many times as I wanted to see it, it was to literally go and see it in the cinema every day. And so you know all the words. Uh, all, well, you know all the words, surely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shamefacedly. It's like, 
It's therapy. Actually, you, you should have seen, actually, uh, those of you who are not watching the back of Kevin's head on the podcast, yeah. we would have seen Kevin t- yes. mouthing along to all the lines while that yeah, music was playing. Uh, terrible, wasn't it? Yeah. But it, it remains, it doesn't tire, does it? Because uh, we've got yeah. E.T. in here. I don't know whether we'll get around to it or not. It remains to be seen. But that's a film I don't really need to see that again. I really don't. I mean, it's still, no, it's still a fantastic <laughs> film. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's people arriving. There's no, <laughs> cars pulling up outside. <laughs> but Jaws, I don't think I will ever tire of. No. In the same way. No. And I think... Is it because it's got something for everybody? Is that would that? Be... No, that sounds like too easy a, yeah, a, an analysis of it. I think there's something else going on. Also, it was the first blockbuster. I mean, that was the film that started. Yes, because it. it was before oh. Star Wars, wasn't it? That was the one that you know the, that, that great book that um, Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley wrote about. The, oh no, it's uh, the writer. I can't remember his name. Carl Gottlieb wrote Gottlieb, the screenplay, yeah. but he wrote this book, sort of behind the scenes, and it's a great paper. That's a famous people. kind yes. of. It's one you. Yes, it's quite difficult to get now. You can. Yeah. I don't think you can get it at all. I and I did of... read that, yes. And it was, yeah, it was the most impossible film to make. Everyone thought they had the biggest flop of all time on their hands and it turned into this this monster, <laughs> monstrous great thing. Right. But the experience of watching it doesn't seem to... It's still thrilling to watch. Yeah. Which kind of makes no sense because well, the shock is terrible. Well, that's the thing. And it's funny because, you know, we're talking about, you know, the, the big blockbusters today like the, the Godzilla. Yeah. You know, and, and then you, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, because it's the monster. And that's all, you know, there's Brian Cranston. He wants if you want more Brian Cranston. Well, that's what you get with Jaws, isn't it? You get the... What, more you get, Brian Cranston? Yeah, famously, <laughs> no Brian Cranston's available in this film. <laughs> Bring out you, the Cranston. But what you have is... <laughs> you just did that. Yeah, I that did. That just happened. <laughs> but... <laughs> but what you what you get is you get three guys mm. and you get a very emotional human very personal story with these three men which is a yeah and the stakes are are multi-layered aren't they because the stakes aren't just a, i've actually got to survive this bleeding shark in front of me i've also got to save the town right and my children and everything else but if you're honest you don't watch that film again and again and again because of the shark no so why watch a shark film <laughs> With those three annoying guys talking. Yeah, no, so, which no. Which I think is important, and I think it'll be it, uh, filmmakers today would do well rather than having you know robots touching each other for. Yeah, for did you say touching each other? I think they uh, hit each hitting, other. Hitting each other. That's, that's in your mind. <laughs> robots touching each other. That's a completely different film. Michael Bay, leave the building. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go somewhere slightly different now. We're going to play um, music by M83 from Oblivion, then we'll talk about that afterwards.
M83, part of the score for Oblivion, which is a kind of slightly different... I mean, these are new people, aren't they, really? Yeah, because, you know, after following swiftly on from John Williams, it's important to, uh, you know, get the new new kids in. But M83, he did the amazing album, which sort of sounded like it was a score before that, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know, but there's a, there's quite a bit of that, isn't there? People, they're almost like they want to be film scorers. Yeah. Making ambient, because ambient style music, if you, th- if you think about it, is, I mean, it must in some way directly correspond to film scoring. Well, it's, it's it? about sort of non-specific, necessarily hitting beats and things like that, which is often what happens when you're hitting cuts and things like that. You, you know, you want to, mm, I'm not sure that's really the answer, but he, um, I mean, it, it's a motive. Let's say that. It's a motive. It kind of creates a, yeah, but I suppose an the, atmosphere, which but, set film is all atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess there's a difference also between, and this is something we were talking about uh, off air about the idea, because there's underscore, and that's actually that bit from Jaws in the end was underscore, wasn't it? Yeah. Which is different to themes. Nice beat. No, 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 no. But what I mean is, now was that underscore? I'm not sure it was. Uh, it kind of was because you were was saying it? it's probably it's probably from the uh, the Indianapolis, that famous amazing speech from Indian, Indianapolis yeah, yeah. speech. But that M83 track. Yes. Is that underscore? No. Well, no. I kind of was. It's the opening sort of four minutes as uh, Tom Cruise is getting into the in that pod and is going off on his thing. Mm. And, oh, are you an effective pair? Yes, we're an effective. Right. Pair. Okay. And all that. All that business when he's flying around the. Sort of... But sometimes I worry on the show playing underscore. But actually, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Wait, if you are interested. Well, interesting. if you're interested. <laughs> yes, I would say I'd say I'd agree uh-huh. with you. I couldn't not agree. Yeah. With you. But um, I mean, I think that's probably what I mean. You know, I guess it's my playlist. So I, yeah, you play what to, you like, mate. No, I don't. I say that's. I guess one of the reasons why I'm attracted to some of these these songs is because that's what. And I'll, I'll, oftentimes I will have a, a, a earbud in my ear playing the track while I'm shooting. And if really? I really shooting, yeah, absolutely. Just because of kind of remind you. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens on a shoot. As you well know, that's got nothing mm-hmm. to do with nothing to do with the, the no, film that's no. going to be in your head when you do that. So you know, often you will play you know a piece of music in your head, and, and it, you don't want you don't want it to be a song, and you don't want it to be kind of too specific. You want to kind of create a mood and to keep you in the mood, to keep you in the mood, and, yeah, and the moment, so that you and, keep focused, and you're also making the right decisions. So you know you don't want to be making a decision based on where the uh, trucks are parked or where you know w- when lunch is and you want to be making mm. decisions based on the, on the film that you see in your head that you're going to be making this is you know something that happened in the, in the film we just shot Kelly and Cal you know yes. you got a lot of pressure on on your day um, and I wasn't playing M83 while making. <laughs> no, I was going to say this is a this is a this is a film. Uh, yeah, that, that wouldn't require an M83 type no. score. We'll talk about Kelly and Cal later, later. but um, yeah, I suppose. And I mean, the king of that initially, I suppose, was Danny Kubrick when he would famously put on these classical pieces of music and play them on set. Yeah. For the crew, and then the poor bugger that had written the score came along. And went, oh, sorry, you've been usurped by um, by Beethoven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we went with Ludwig. Sorry, the man who can't even hear. Yeah, <laughs> that's how good you are at composing music. But I do the same when I'm writing. I do exactly the same thing. I yeah. will put on a uh, again a, um, something that just yeah gives you the kind of flavour that you're looking for. Which is the art of film scoring, I suppose. Now, one of the interesting things about that is that scores are, you could argue, becoming a wee bit generic because of that attitude. Yeah, I mean, you could argue, I mean, I was listening to that the, the M&T3 track yes. uh, earlier today and I was just sort of just sort of thinking about why I like that so much. And I think it's partly because the movie's so good and it speaks to the track a lot. But 
actually there's a little bit of plinkety plink in there which is a bit Hans Zimmer mm. isn't it yeah well that building of... that kind of way it gets right. bigger and bigger and bigger but what I mean is as a when, when you make something yeah uh, particularly if you're making say uh, I don't know, a big budget uh, Hollywood picture there's a danger you could go well I want a Thomas Newman score yeah I mean, give me a Thomas Newman alike give me his non-Mexican Union equivalent of one of those uh, one, one of the bottom please Carol yes <laughs> But there is a danger that, you know, it's all becoming a bit homogenised in that respect. And I do find that sometimes when I'm playing soundtracks, I think, well, actually, that sounds bloody similar to the thing I've just played. You know, the Spider-Man soundtrack sounds very similar to the X-Men soundtrack. To the Well, I mean, to counter that, and we'll, we'll play some, I'm sure we'll play some Hans Zimmer later, but, yes. you know, to counter that, then you, you know, that was a Hans Zimmer, right? The, the recent... Uh, Spider-Man, I think. Yes, it was. And, but know, it was a Hans Zimmer score by Hans Zimmer, if you know what I mean. Right. Which is why I was surprised about 12 Years a Slave. That is right. not a Hans Zimmer style score. And I've always been rather disparaging about Hans Zimmer for that reason, that he makes these bombastic, great big, here he comes, elbowing everyone out of the way with his big orchestra. <laughs> his big drum And his, his, his mournful wailing. <laughs> <laughs> touching you with the corn. Yeah, and all that. Uh, yeah. But actually, if you go, if that was a sensitive score, 12 years ago, when I saw it on the opening credits, music by Hans Zimmer, oh, bloody hell, are they going to get that in? But it works. Although, you know, I would say, I was listening to that the other day because I was, yeah. you know, don't put, I can't remember if I put it on here, but um, there's, a, there's that kind of that cello, I think, with a kind of a single mm-hmm. note being played, and yep. you go, oh, wait a minute, there's a little, that maybe he wouldn't have written that if it wasn't for Batman. I don't know. But difficult it, to say. But um, I would say he he's always trying, isn't he? He's always. I mean, now. Yeah, and and actually, what it made me do is go back and visit some of his earlier score. And the Rain Man score is amazing. That's right. Of course. I mean, uh, you think the, you um, think of the you know, the yeah. comes Batman, Spider Man. I'm handsome. again. The first draft of that track. But actually, Rain Man's quite a sensitive score. And actually, that in credit music, I always found quite moving when I ran the film, you know. Because right. it, he shows it over the um, pictures that Raymond's taken on his journey. And it's a right. wonderful piece of... I was uh, still in 12 Years a Slave. Oh, so. were you? <laughs> <laughs> famous photographic montage. Famous photographic <laughs> slave. All the slaves huddled together taking pictures. Yes. So it was, Not quite there was the same no Insta- thing. Instagram no, no. back in the day. <laughs> Right, we've got to have a break now, and when we come back, we're going to do video games. Hold on. Thank you. 
That's very Western, isn't it? Hey, partner. Drop your horse. Where are you going with that dime bar? Is that was it dime bar? No. Texan, that's really old. <laughs> oh, you've lost. You've actually jumped I, ahead. I have actually lost you. Which is difficult. Slow down there, bald eagle. That's channeling Enio, isn't it? Yes. But I think it's okay. I think you're. I mean, if you. This is from a. I don't know if you, anyone. Yeah, knows Red this, Dead but. Redemption, which is a video game. Are we like what do you call them now? Are they called video games? Videograms? No, but oh. is that what, what the, the young people call them these days? Video. They're games, video, video games. games. Are yeah. they video games? Yes. Yeah, of course they're video games. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it's, you know, if we're talking about the story of, of soundtracks, this is yes. the ultimate soundtrack. It's one that's going to tell the story as you're going through, and it changes if you listen, Kev. If you, if you played these games, these newfangled yes, video these games. Yes, newfangled games they have now. And, um, uh, the, the, the tracks are... Uh, change, they change, they move, yes. and, they, and if you stand in the right place, they change a different track, and they kind of written in such a way that they can be sparked off by opening a door, and, and it's a score to you moving around, which is kind of amazing, isn't it? Really? Do you think they'll ever come up with an app that does it for you? <laughs> Who plays a computer game for you? No, 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 no. That follow when you your day. <laughs> it's like a film. Yeah. So you could put your headpiece in, and whatever happens during your day, they'll <laughs> when you go through that door by mistake. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but it is no, it is a reminder. And the thing about it is, is that uh, however important we in the movie business think we are, the money being made by these things pales. The amount, we much, pale into insignificance. How much is the computer game? I mean, I, I don't. Have, um, but, yes. Oh, uh, you, you mean you got kids and more? Oh, I don't know. They're like forty, fifty quid, aren't they? And the they're selling ones. hundreds of thousands of units. Millions of millions of millions. And they, they they regularly spend what two two hundred fifty million dollars making these things. Yeah, I mean it's incredible amounts of money, but it's mm. it's the way of the future. Is it? Yeah, I mean it's amazing, but also uh, it's a, a great way of we're talking about underscore. I mean mm. that's a really fun, really fun track. No, that's fine, uh, but it's also uh, what's in, what I found interesting about it was that it was in, instantly a western. Yes, I mean you know it has it has the, the troops. Can we say troops? Yeah, yeah, I guess troops. Can, I think yeah, of yeah. a of a western soundtrack. It's got uh, you know. Or the whistling. Yeah. I mean, Ennio Morricone's whistlingy thing. Yeah. I tried playing it and got killed straight away and gave up. And I was just telling you off air that I walked yeah. into a wall and stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it is. I said, I like the music. I was uh, being introduced to it by some friends and really? that was that. Yeah, but yeah, there's a terrible. whole other kind of dexterity that people under the age of 20 have that I don't understand. We've clearly not evolved... Um, but I get shot straight away. I don't like keep dying in things. I just get really irritated. Well, I'm, I'm from the, I guess I'm from the Street Fighter generation. So oh, I'm still looking, really? I'm still looking for the special move. <laughs> You're always that bar Constantly on the bottom right. of the screen. You get a tap. Kind of, boom, boom. No, Which, I'm from the, the, Olymp the Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics. The ZX81. Yeah, that's me. That's my full, full, full knowledge of video games. Space bar. Uh, jump. Long jump. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. That's what I was good yeah. at. Okay, what are we going to do now? We're going to do Prisoners. Prisoners. Which is great. Well, talk, I mean, we're in a new generation of, uh, of uh, composers now. This yeah, is... I don't know this guy. Johan Johansson. I think he Frankly, if I was Mr. and Mrs. Johansson, I wouldn't have called my kid Johan. But 
Or the Johan Johans. Yes, it's a different culture. It may be considered perfectly normal. I yeah, don't know. I, I don't say I don't know that much about him. I looked him up the other day, but um, and you can press buttons and, and see if you can find out about him. But uh, um, this is uh, from the film Prisoners. Prisoners, which I did, came out last year. Yes, and I'm not sure what kind of business it did. Did it do anything? It, yeah, it did better than anyone was expecting. And with the might of my business acumen, I didn't play it because. <laughs> <laughs> I went, eh, how well can that do? Because we didn't play, uh, was it, uh, 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 in Ensemble's. Oh, well, which is what he made. That's kind of tough. That's a bit more of a tough sell, isn't it? It was, imagine. but it did have huge Jackman in it, which is usually quite a good thing. Oh. Well, no, maybe oh, not. No. But I just thought it was a remarkable film. And mm. well, I don't know whether you've noticed on your playlist. Yes. How many Roger Deakins shot pictures that there are? Was definitely uh, inspiration for that because I mean, he's no. Incredible. But did you notice how many? I didn't. Did you count? It's most of them. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> oh, Sir Roger. Roger Deakins. You're so well, lovely. Well, I mean, I don't know if, uh, how many people. Like, maybe he's obviously. Uh, uh, he's uh, the, probably our greatest living. I mean, because they all a few of them have dropped off their perch <laughs> the last few weeks. <laughs> but you never see Roger Deakins in the same place at the same time, do you? Do you not? I'm just gonna. Uh, um, excuse me, listener. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna look up the the Roger. Oh yeah. Oh, well, because if you read his if you read his the list out, it's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Going backwards. So from Prisoners, Skyfall. True Grit, Serious Man, Revolutionary Road, The Reader, Doubt, No Country for Old Men, Jarhead, The Village, Intolerable Cruelty, Beautiful Mind, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Big Lebowski, Kunden. I mean... And get back down to... Oh, Shawshank. And you're going way back down here, yeah. Uh, yeah, Shawshank, uh, uh, 1984, did he shot that? That oh, I didn't know. one of his first. I mean, he's, you know, he was obviously you know, born and bred and... Yeah. Made, made in good old British, 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 British. Is he not chairman of the American A? Um, he's he's uh, both, isn't he? He's is he? He's ASC, BSC, oh, all those God. things. Yeah. He's got it wrapped up then. <laughs> Lady Roger of Deakins. Oh, I, I heard the other day, I don't know if this is true, I heard he was saying he wasn't going to do the new new James Bond. Which, no, um, he's not. Which, um, I don't know why, because I think he could bring something to that. I think he brought so much to the last one. I think it's a kind of disappointing... Outcome, well, of course, really. he had the big... I mean, that, I think, was that his big kind of epiphany with digital? Yes. I mean, he'd famously been a film man all these years and was yeah. hanging on and hanging on. And, you know, and, and if, if he was going to shoot digital, then we... Then everyone else... That, that's it. There's no argument. That's, we draw a line under it and yes. we stop that discussion. No film, no tape. Yeah. Just only tape. And the images in that were extraordinary, weren't <clears> they? <throat> yeah, but also it, it was the images. I mean, that's the important yeah. thing. I mean, that, that film that film video debate yes. kind of doesn't matter, does it, really? Just make good just make good work. Still matters the Wally Fister, doesn't it, it seems? Uh, and those people, one or two of them are sort of hanging on. Well, film didn't help transcendence, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, didn't it? No. But the thing about I was surprised, I did, you know, I mean, uh, sorry if we're getting a bit esoteric here, listener, but, you know, I mean, I'm not sure. Can you look at a film and go, oh, that's Roger Deakins? Um, I don't know. I think you can see, I, I think you... I don't know, you're going to test me, aren't you? Now? No, I'm not testing you. I'm <laughs> curious because I was a bit surprised to learn after... Because I didn't know it was him until after I saw right. the picture. And I was a bit surprised because I thought it had this real ethereal quality to it, the whole film, particularly the way it was shot, which I wouldn't necessarily have equated with Roger Deakins. Well, the thing about that film is it's, you know, it's called Prisoners and, yes. you know, guess what happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but everyone, so, everyone a prisoner. But it, so That's it, the point. It could very well have been a big hammer over the head for the audience and it could mm. have been, you know, just a, a big dirge of, sort of a, a very simple B-movie, you know, about that kind of quite movie of the week theme. 
yeah. but then you see the film and it's full of subtlety and real subtlety and it's natural looking and mm. you know if you're talking about the roger deacon's box of tricks making having a natural looking film which it looks which looks more complicated than or look, probably is more complicated than the looks i think is probably a huge huge Down part to of him. his yeah his work and no, it, and the score of course. Well, and, and the score. And the score. <laughs> we had nothing to do no, with the score. This is why we're here. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Let's, this is from Prisoners. Uh, this track, I can't remember which one it was called, but it's a good one. Yes. <laughs> Part of Johan Johansson's. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's not funny. Score for Dennis Villeneuve's uh, rather wonderful Prisoners, and uh, Hugh Jackman was good, and Gillen Hall was good in it. He was, and uh, oh yeah, him, the bloke who wasn't in the second Iron Man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can't think of his name. Mm. Oh, hang on, let's look it up. Here we go. I click on Prisoners and I get uh, Terence Howard. Terence Howard. Howard. He was great in Eight Mile, he was in, wasn't he? Yeah, he was great. He was really good. And uh, 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 the Los Angeles um, dreamy go round. Crash. Crash! Yes, the dreamy go round, (laughs) which was the original title for for the great. Hello, Los Angeles-based uh, car no, it entertainment. Was a, it was a terrific film, wasn't it? No, it was terrific. So, what are we going? What do we say? Ah, oh, I'm going to wind you up now. Oh, go on. 
Yeah, because you you picked American President. Because I know that's a score you really, really like, isn't it? I do. I mean, it's a classic. Do you like it more than the film, I think? I think so. I mean, the, the film's lovely, and it's, you know, it's a, if you're going to pick an American, big American, wonky, wonky score, then that's... So who wrote it? Hang on, Ooh. we didn't look that up. Oh, you, why don't you know the answer to that? That's terrible. Down. I wrote it down. I gave it to Ma- you. Mark I... Shaman. Mark Shaman. Yes. What and else well... did he write then? I don't know. Oh, you're useless at this. <laughs> Listen now. Go no, look. But it was great. But also beers. interesting. This, uh, this when you hear it, I don't know if you recognise it because I did. I remember it, I heard it first in the trailer for Saving Private Ryan. What? Yep. It was the track using that, and I was going online trying to find out what that track was, and then it said it was the American President. Right. So it's a it's a it's a one one track fits everything Hang from on. bombastic presidential based comedies, romantic comedies, to Second World War terrifying, terrifying war movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking it up, listener. Uh, American President. <laughs> bear with us. Yeah, bear with us. American President, 1995. I mean, actually, it's one of those films, annoyingly, that's often on late at night on TV. Yeah. And I think, oh, I'll just watch this bit because I quite like this bit. And then I'll just watch this bit because I quite like this bit. And you end up watching the whole blinking yeah. film. It kind of suckers you in. It does. Well, also, Michael Douglas is, like, being lovely, Michael Douglas. And, mm. you know... But it's, it's actually, in many ways, if, you're, if, you, if we're choosing this score because it's, like, the perfect... Or it's a good <laughs> example of the bombastic, this is how I want you to feel now score. The film itself is a kind of good example of how Hollywood, despite your best efforts to resist them... Yeah can get in your head you know and you go I know what you're trying to do here I but, know what you're trying I'm not going to cry I know what you're doing <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you remember, this is over the credits if you remember the, the opening yeah. title sequence and there's the, the sunlight through the flag and yeah. the flag is flapping in slow motion there's slow motion shots of, it's shameless and, and after 45 seconds you've got tears running yes, down. you're like take me to your eat <laughs> what do you want from me it's shameless though isn't it yeah, well, I mean shameless successful you say tomato <laughs> I say to me and you got more work so that's fine yeah I suppose yeah, yeah. but I, I'm always fascinated by it. I mean I cry at films at the you know, drop of a hat but I'm always I'm quite often I, I, I'm actively resisting it I'm going no I know I've sat with you and watched yeah. films and, you're, you're, and you say it out loud this is really no annoying. you're not going to get me no no you don't. there you go you and then you go. know Field of Dreams is sort of the ultimate you're not going to get me I know what you're going to do in about three and a half minutes but you're not going to get me. And, oh, uh, yeah. you got me. So, come on, everyone. Tissues are ready <laughs> for all sorts of reasons.
in a world where one man, where Hollywood really wants a liberal president. <laughs> there is a lot of that in it, isn't it? I mean, you, you, see, you see Hollywood stuff about presidents. They're always really liberal, nice guys, aren't they? When in fact, what you get is kind of terrorists in the White House instead. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, you know, film I mean, is fantasy, isn't I it? know, it's all wish fulfilment. So, OK, hang on, I'm, we're going to talk to you in this one. OK, so here's the, here's the other one you picked. It's grit in my heart. <laughs> it's grit. It's the same. Well, you can imagine that, you can imagine that, you know, at NBC, they were saying, oh, uh, uh, I really like the American president. <laughs> can we have that on our, on our network? This is uh, the West Wing theme, folks. It's the same, isn't it? I tell you, I tell you, it's grit. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, to be fair, it's the kind of equivalent of playing British Grenadiers or something, isn't it? Uh, or something, I don't know. Land of Hope and Glory. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, and that's what's... Meant to be, but how, you know... Something that sounds like Land of Hope and Glory, you would play for British opening of... Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, like, you know, like, you, as even as an Englishman, you end up with your hand across your heart. Going, so, I, I submit. <laughs> <laughs> to, I give in. To your <laughs> emotional film. <laughs> um, yeah, OK. Aaron Sorkin, though, at his best, I think, I'm going to say. Go with me on this. No, no, I am, because I'm going to make a terrible confession and say I have never seen The West Wing. We're going to stop the show now. We're going to march you down to the... Stop. Stop this show immediately. Well, he, uh, did, he did Sports Night, didn't he? Which was what? quite that hysteric. Was, that was... Um, <laughs> that's Davy <laughs> Coleman. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, he's doing a David Coleman impression. For God's sake, stop him. <laughs> It was famously not David Common, but it was right. it was um, uh, ooh, sports sports. Yeah, it was, sports. It, was, it was you know it was the Aaron Sorkin ensemble know, of actors. I know. Then they did West Wing, and then they did Newsroom. Newsroom is awful. I hated that. It's, yeah, I mean you saw that. So this is like the Goldilocks of Aaron Sorkin is shows. It's like it's the like bit of just right. <laughs> it's just not. I mean, too it's the porridge. All. It's God. <laughs> Goldilocks was a girl. The <laughs> right, porridge is what was just right. right. <laughs> Um, right, which was great, and it's you know it's all walking down the corridors and it's all solving uh, problems and being much much cleverer than each other or me, yes. mainly me. <laughs> have you a, have you seen the um, uh, oh the thingy? Oh, that they was a do, terrible. No, no, they, somebody has cut together all the walk with me. So have you seen that? Oh, I've not seen that. It's funny. I mean, there's so many. You can make like a five minute YouTube video. Walk with me. Walk with me. Like the you just don't get it, do you? Have you seen that one? That's funny. I've seen that. I've seen that. <laughs> But it's like, you know, I guess the equivalent would be sitting around talking about stuff. Oh, yeah. What sort of idiots would do that? Mm. <laughs> Look I over there. Know. I don't know. Um, and, oh, what was the one we quite liked? And then it went off the rails. The one about the comedy show. That one I didn't Ooh, mind too uh, much. Uh, Studio Sunset, Sunset, whatever. Studio yeah. 7. But I think that got uh, meddled with, didn't it, by the network? <laughs> by no, the, but I think it by did. The robots. Yeah, but they, just, they, were, they were touching each other, going, this is not the sort of show we want. <laughs> Weird, very weird. And you yeah. can see why they took it off here. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was all right. And it, yeah, it is the same actors, isn't it, all the time? But it's great to have a little ensemble, isn't it? But I must see the West Wing. You're absolutely right. You should. And you should. What do they call it? The sponge rinsing. Rinsing. Yes, you can rinse. It's a bit odd that phrase, isn't it? Rinsing. I don't know. How many seasons? 
seven, mm-hmm. seven, but you only need to watch five. Seven? Yeah, because well, it went into the Alan Alder, not Alan Alder, is it Alan Alder? I don't know. Yeah, I think Alan Alder's there. Mm. Um, and Jimmy Smith's ends oh, up playing okay. you know, people. But you see, again, there's an interchangeability about it, which is a bit confusing, because if you watch The American President, yes. you've got Michael J. Fox in there, and mm. then you've got, but but Mike, Martin Sheen is the vice president in that. Wait, Michael Sheen? Mighty, mighty, not Michael J. Fox. No, Martin Sheen, yeah. who's the president of the West Wing, isn't he? Yes. I haven't got that wrong. Yeah. Is the vice president in the American president. So it all gets, oh, you're right. It all gets you're very right. confusing. My, um, <laughs> yeah, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. You said Michael J. Fox. Well, Michael J. Fox is in the American president, isn't he? Oh, you're yeah. quite happy with that. I just remember the score. Uh, all right, we're going to play a bit of Aaron Brockovich. Oh, have we got... Should we do the uh, the break thing first? And then, uh, and then we will go into Aaron Brockovich. Why did you pick Aaron Brockovich? Uh, because this is Steven Soderbergh, and I guess if we're, if you're going to counter the Roger Deakins debate yes. we were just on, uh, <laughs> this is Steven Soderbergh famously shoots his own films. So it doesn't happen very often. Does very happen very often in Hollywood, but uh, he's a director who also shoots. He also edits. I don't know if you saw the Emmys this year. But he no, won, I didn't. No, oh, the, was it the Candelabra? Was that the year? Yeah, Candelabra. Right. Won the, okay. The last year, I guess. But he won the can. He won the editing. But it, like the name he uses, he uses a stage name, Ooh. I guess, because you you know he doesn't okay. want to show everyone he does it. And because that's usually when you see that on the credits, written, produced, directed, and edited by you go, oh, really mm, cheap. Uh, so here we go. Uh, this is from Aaron Brockovich. It nearly finished. <laughs> Never took stuff at the end. It was uh, well, maybe I could have faded it a bit better than I did, but that was uh, part of Thomas Newman's score for Aaron Brockovich in uh, ni- uh, oh two thousand. Yikes! Mm. Um, that's yeah. Was that the kind of the that was after? Was that after American Beauty? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. So mm. that was very much uh, get me a Thomas Newman score. No? Get, get me one of those yes. bongy bongy Thomas Newman scores, but it's very effective. It is because it has that kind of sense of forward motion, doesn't which, it? Yeah, which is really important with that film because it's all mm. about kind of gathering information and that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But yeah. and and that's why I think that's why Thomas Newman scores always work because it's you know you think back to uh, thing thingy with the see yeah see your mind just empties. You know, one with the <laughs> with the girl and the. Flowers, the and petals. The American, American Beauty, Beauty. Yeah. I just said it like eight <laughs> seconds ago. It went. You put me off. <laughs> Saying it by using the words. Uh, okay. But it, you know, gives you kind of that forward, kind of says something, something afoot. 
Yes. Did I do the break or not? You didn't do the break, no. No, no, OK, here we go. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire Clothes may still be torn and tattered But in my heart I'd be a king Your love is all that ever mattered It's Tell me you're mine evermore Must I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to riches My fate is up to you Must I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to riches My fate is up to Tony Bennett, rags to riches, as used in Goodfellas, of course. You're listening to The Kevin Markwick Show here on Uckfield FM and my very special guest this evening, Phil Lott. Oh. Hello, Phil. Home. <laughs> That's all too kind. Uh, you picked that one because it's one of the greatest opening sequences in cinema history, isn't it? It is. And, you know, that's a mark of a great score, isn't it? When you can you can play three notes and I defy you not to hear uh, the voice over Ray your head. Ray <laughs> head in your voice. Yeah, ever ever since I could remember, I wanted to be a gangster. And we play it again. Do that. Boom. And he does that. Just and it's just great. Uh, that's a filmmaker at the peak of his powers, isn't it? Well, I'm not going to say that. He might, he might see us in the street. <laughs> No, but it is though. Surely that was was that not the well? No, maybe not. He was at play though, wasn't he? You know, he was off. You know, I, I think filmmakers get makers get to a point where they're you know they get it. It's like the act two in a film. You know, when it's the fun mm. bit, you know, mm. you get to have fun because now everyone goes, well, no, whatever you want, Marty, do your thing, and then he goes and does that, which was 
Remarkable. Just so much fun. And that's another film where you're talking about films where you kind of you catch two seconds of it and you say, I'll oh, just watch this scene. Yeah, I'll just watch this bit. And, and, this bit, bit, and, this bit. and then you watch the whole film. And then you're watching him take the guns to Paulie <laughs> and the Digigay and, and it's it's over. And just a schmuck, just an ordinary schmuck. I mean, just mm. great. And then, but also, to, you know, that was a, a, a track that kind of just dominates that film. You know, you kind of, you kind of think about that open, you kind of. You play, like I said. Yeah, because there's the other one when they're going, I can't remember what the track is, when they're going through the famous tracking shot. Into yeah, the, I the eight-minute-long shot. Yeah, which is kind of a bit showy, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is, but, but it then, works. So. It does work. I mean, but also, it's a lot of information, you know, we talk about wonners. Yes, uh, I guess wonners. Wonners. Go on, then. Uh, they talk about wonners. So wonners is when you, you know, when you try and capture as much information in one one shot as you can mm. and it doesn't necessarily save you time you know production folks love it when you suggest oh we'll do it in one take but actually what it means is you cannot control the pacing of the shot so it has to right. be perfect so you end up doing you know, more than I mean this happened in Kelly and Cow a couple of times when we were shooting you got you know, beautiful performances happening from you know, Juliet Lewis and she's incredible on camera and you want to get the shot and you want to get the performance but and so you and you only have a short day so you're trying to do you know trying to do as many as you can many of these sort of one take wonders in hmm. in the day but you end up having to do it again and again because but presumably a shot like the one in goodfellas yes. is rehearsed up the wazoo isn't it it is and actually you know we played at the top of the played at the top of the show um, hmm. um thingy from, that's what i always say yep thingy boogie nights <laughs> oh boogie nights yes 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 uh, you know, paul thomas anderson he did that hmm. amazing you know reference to uh, homage to uh, to that shot in the beginning of Boogie Nights going into the, the swimming pool and, area and, oh and this is the nightclub, nightclub isn't it yes the nightclub across the street in the, around the thing and you see mm. the roller, roller girl and you meet everybody yeah. you know they, they, they I think I think the story was they, they rehearsed for a day for that one shot for that one shot I think that's just probably rubbish but hey I just said it so it's fine now it's, yeah, now, it's, now, true. it's, now, it's true. now it's true but of course the ultimate um, evoca- evocation would that be the word? Yes, let's say that. Let's say that like is the uh, Russian arc. Oh well, except for <laughs> I would argue. Cause, can we go to that film together? I can't remember. If we I don't think we've seen it together. No, no, I really loved it. I, I, I thought it was um, well, quite something. Now I should explain. Russian arc is a film. Was it eighty-five, ninety minutes? And um, it's made in one take. It's. it's I wouldn't say if if you could count film length in lifetimes. <laughs> Hang on, I've got to look it up now. Life it was what's his name? Who made it? Too short. Oh. Before before I die, I'm going to see the see end the of Russian end art. Of the Russian art. Um, you didn't like it. Uh, I mean, it felt to me. You know, you're you're not one for pretension, and I think no. that it felt to me like it was a great exercise that he should have kept in his exercise book. I don't know. I mean, it's glad, I'm glad it made. I'm glad it was I made. really enjoyed it. I, I found it fascinating. It. It, I was, thought it was. I guess it was. I mean, um, also that he was an early adopter. That was a digital camera. And obviously mm. it had to be because film mags don't last that long. Uh, and he carried around the, the all the hard drives. Yeah, and it was all on his back, back wasn't pack, it? And he yeah. walked around the whole. Which now, which which, which famous uh, museum was it? It was the uh, Hermitage. The Hermitage, and uh, it, it had hundreds of extras, and they're all wearing different mm. costumes, and they change, and they all move, and the camera moves around. And it's, I mean, it's, it's an amazing piece of work. Sukarov is a is a fine director. Yes, I take it. But back. You, yeah, yeah, no, no, I understand. But I understand. It, 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 not for everybody. I would rather have an eight minute shot from a Scorsese film. Yeah, of course. But that's a world you perhaps understand better. I don't know what being a wise yeah. guy <laughs> that wise you guy. are. <laughs> being a wise guy. Okay, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play this uh, lovely track uh, by Cindy Lauper, which you guys used in uh, Kelly and Cow, and then we'll talk about Kelly and Cow. Yes. Oh, through the night, I 
He's like Terry Wogan. <laughs> it's because I have to turn that one down so you can oh. hear me. That's what it is. I, I can go mumbling round midnight. 
Cindy Lauper, all through the night, uh, actually from the uh, She's So Unusual album in 1984, and used in Jen McGowan's direct, feature directorial debut, uh, Kelly and Cal. So how did you get that track? That's amazing. Uh, yes, I take no credit for that at no. all. <laughs> but it was, uh, well, I think Jen was talking, you know, she was desperate to find uh, a track that would encapsulate this amazing moment in the middle of the film which I can't tell you about because it would a, spoil the it film it would spoil it but that's, it's not Godzilla turning up or anything but it's, yeah, it's yeah. a cool scene that um, you know there's a lot of I guess there's a lot of uh, whew, I don't yeah, know, see, see his head's empty. No, no, don't, don't give it. No, no, that's fine. Actually, what we need to talk about really is uh, what um, fantastic experience that must have been, especially working with people like Juliet Lewis and Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd. I mean, it's the Sybil Shepherd. I he, know. He used to fancy the pants off her in that um, last don't, picture show. Here's a tick. Here's yeah. a trip. That don't say that when you're on set. Really? Did she make a cross? I used to fancy you. No, you can't say that to actors. <laughs> they, they get upset. For as as oh. they no, it was incredible. I mean, at one point, I mean, I, I operated mm. most of the film, you know, on the yeah. held on my shoulder. So, you know, at one point I got a, you know, he had one of those, those great life moments where you go, on the left of the screen mm-hmm. is is Sybil Shepherd, who was in the last picture show. <laughs> yep. On the right of the screen is Juliet Lewis, who was in... Any number of great natural films. born natural killers, killers is enough for yeah. me. I know, right? I mean, these are legends. Yeah, and then and they're doing great work, and you're doing what you can to make you know to bring that to the screen and tell that story. And so, was yeah. the experience what you thought it would be? Interesting, isn't it? Being a feature film on your own for the first time. Mm-hmm. I know you've made hours and hours and hours of television. Yes. But this is a slightly different experience, I'm assuming. It is. It's a responsibility. It's a responsibility of a lot of things. I think it's important to have that background in. I think, you know, a lot of young DPs get a bad name because they they do great work, but they are slow or they're they're kind of not considerate to performance on state on, on set. Because we should explain this was a you know, um an important but nevertheless low budget film. Yeah, I mean you know, it's an indie yeah. uh, an American indie mm. film, which is almost like genre in itself, I guess. But mm. you know, twenty one day shoot. Which yeah. means that I don't, I can't even tell you how many setups a day, but it's something like twenty-five or thirty setups a day. Which is, and when I say setups, I mean you know, taking lights down and moving around and yes. and, and uh, being doing big things that you have to do mm. fast. But it means you're making decisions early on about how you cover scenes and and how you. But presumably, you you were bringing a lot of your television experience to the to, to the ability to move absolutely. quickly. And I think that it's really and I. But also trying to find ways, as in television, because you haven't got a lot of time or money in television most of the time. So you're sort of trying to find how you can think ahead and get crew down the road or upstairs, pre-lighting on those kind of things to save you time. But all the time trying to remember, you know, it was a, it was a, a wonderful thing to know that unlike television, where you know oftentimes it's a little bit, um, you know, con- uh, disposable. I guess it, you know, it's sort of not disposable. It's still there on television, but this is ephemeral. Might be a better word. Maybe I do, but here, you, now you've got someone else in front of the camera who's doing, who's bringing so much to the table. You know, you got Juliet Lewis doing a nine-minute take where she's yeah, all I can, she's doing is getting to a place where absolutely. she's being amazing. Um, yeah, I can. Yes, of course. And a lot of television, you're kind of fighting hard on the other side of the camera to make something interesting about what's put in front of you. Yes, and, and that's putting. I mean, I'm not being funny. Know, I mean, that's right. kind of a nice way to put it. And you know, because a lot of the people that you're shooting are not used to being in front of a camera. No, it's, so it's you have to kind of tease that stuff out of them. Whereas suddenly, you know, you're faced with the the full force of performances from the likes of Juliet Lewis. Yeah. That's a wholly different thing. It is. I mean, in fact, you've seen a lot of my shows and, and mm. uh, a lot of the recreation shows I've done, yes. where you're working with not you know not terribly 
experienced actors. Mm. I'm doing a lot of a lot of what I'm bringing to the to the table is trying to stress the image or pan the camera off really quickly to try yes. to, uh, over the phrase which is everyone can act in nine frames and not to undervalue the great work of the director of course well of course especially on a shoot that intensive yeah with I mean, actors presumably quite intense in themselves yeah i mean that's a it's a I mean, Jen must have you know was that wrangling them as much as anything else I, 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 my job was to get out of the way right my job was to get out of jen's way and get out of the performance's way and do what i can to be there and support because mm. it looks amazing. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Thank you very much. It's and it does look great. And the performances are amazing, and Jen's direction's spot on. And it is. Um, we are going to see it in the UK. We are, yeah. I mean, it just got uh, distribution in the USA, which is the big one. That any film needs distribution right. in its which in its great. country of origin. And strangely, um, Margaret Collin is in the film. Uh, yes. She plays uh, Cow's mum, and she was in Independence Day, which um, right. A lot of the crew didn't, you know, hadn't seen seen that but for me I'm, I'm putting the camera and she walks up to the camera and goes this is this is the, the first lady from independence yeah right <laughs> <laughs> oh no they're <laughs> off again <laughs> but what's cool with their trumpets but what's cool is now uh, Roland Emmerich who produced Independence Day is uh, he's yes. got a company called Electric and I guess they're selling the film so it's sort of a weird how how things come round so there's been but I don't know because there are are the deals officially out um, allowed, say allowed, out yeah, loudy deals uh, yes, on distribution. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've, yeah, I've seen I've America. Seen, yeah, that's got, allowed. We're allowed to it, say it's that. in the press, so we can oh, say it. Thank goodness. I was, I was, <laughs> did you see? Did you see <laughs> my I, eyes? Are you sort of trying to work out whether you were allowed to say that or not? Um, so they, I think uh, mid mid September in America, which would be fantastic, and then. Um, pretty sure we're going to be getting something over here. Yeah, soon. and you're doing the evil. Um, uh, you know, what's evil? What are we down, doing? Download evil? thing, you know. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> there will be uh, some kind of uh, there will be theatrical. I'm, I'm told. I'm yes, well, I hope so. I but, hope so. Um, you know, but uh, you know, it, it's it's. Uh, what, but a lot of films are getting great releases on on sort of pre-release. I mean, I'm sorry. I know this is a whole other subject. We could do another two hours on. I'm going to back off. Yeah, I would. Well, I've got look, I've got I've got cin- the garlic out. Owner, Kevin Martin. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, hopefully we'll see it in the theatres in the in the UK because it certainly, I mean, you know, deserves a, a UK release. Or some did description. I, say, I said Roland Emmerich. Didn't I? I mean, I mean, Roland Emmerich. Dean, I meant Dean Devlin. You meant Roland Rat. Well, they work together. The two of them work. Dean Devlin and Roland Rat. Yeah. No, Roland Emmerich. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> right, we're going to play some music now from was 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 World War Z. <laughs>
Okay, uh, that's World Wars was World War Z. Waza, waza, waza. Uh, which is uh, the score by uh, Marco Beltrami. Yes, Beltrami. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, well, because well, clearly I'm Italian, <laughs> so I'm qualified. <laughs> well, I don't know. You picked it. I thought you might know yeah, how Mel- to. Marco Beltrami. So uh, it's a good score. It's an amazing score. I mean, you, you forget, you know, you press play on that and you go, oh, Ooh, hello. it takes it back, doesn't it? Yeah, the film wasn't that too much, though, was it? Uh, I, I, I liked I liked a lot of it. I wasn't expecting to. I'm not, a, I'm not into scary films. I don't like No, you don't like scary, no, films. Don't like scary films. That's funny. No, but it was great. Yeah. Uh, the middle section, I thought, was fantastic. The bit is the Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem yeah. And they're all kind of scrambling out the walls. That was real proper stuff. And then and it sort of ends in a great day in Cardiff. <laughs> Well, it's a bit overcast. Well, it is, yeah, I, I'd say my uh, I think uh, my friend Balash shot some of that right. the last sequence, Balash Bulligo, which is um, and he did an amazing job there. But um, it, it did seem a little like we we'd done you know, amazing stuff. Right, you, you meant to end a film with the big finish, and I you know. end up you end up on end up in, in, a set in, that like Holby City a little bit on the Brecken Beacons. Not the same, is it? But it was. I mean, it was an effective film. I, I, you know, I, I, they're going to make another one, aren't they? they? Are. Apparently, well, was 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 okay because because the joke doesn't work really? in the UK because we were saying World War Z. I don't understand. Right? <laughs> you're right. Oh, you're right. No, the joke doesn't work. World War Z, three Z, three Z, because nobody says Z apart from America, apart from the biggest nation on earth. Well, apart from <laughs> every cinema owner in, in England, because they've been... Maybe it's you know, been drummed, drummed it. into right. us. But, uh, yeah, because the book was very popular and had a completely different ending. <laughs> I mean, all talk that... Talk to me like I read. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so we're now going to go and do Her. Uh, yes. mean, you really liked that, didn't I you? I did. It, I, maybe it's my... I don't know, but I really liked it. It really was something that spoke to me, and I think that... Uh, I know you did, did you not want to give him a slap? That's how <laughs> see, it made me feel. You see, that's how you know when your film isn't quite <laughs> hitting the demographic. <laughs> when, when half of the audience say, I want to give him a slap. Give it, come on, just stop moping about. And what? what? Feeling sorry for yourself, like In you're the... someone special. You didn't like it? No, I didn't. I found it too self-consciously kooky, dooky, crazy kooky. Oh. Well, apart from what, wanting to give the main character a slap. What yeah. Didn't you like? uh, that. Okay, the slap. I, I couldn't get past on wanting sla- to punch him in the face. On a slap. Well, now we've gone. Yeah. Now it's getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's this. But no. Okay. So when we've had these discussions before, so yeah. tell me what, why, why? Tell me why I should reappraise it. Uh, because it's a modern relationship story. A very modern relationship story, and you know, you, you, if you're always asking your, your yourself the question, why is it specifically specific to now? Why are we telling this story now? Why are mm-hmm. we hearing this story now? You couldn't have told her five years ago, six years ago. It would never existed before the idea of. I mean, I guess you got two thousand, two thousand and one. How was sexy? A, <laughs> but he didn't know what the are you way. Doing to, Dave. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't know the way yeah. to the bank or the nearest, you know, nearest. McDonald's no, and he didn't. T- he was Scarlett Johansson. I mean, I mean, it's kind See, of. See, that was a con, wasn't it? I mean, no, no, it wasn't a con. No, that's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. But I just thought it was too self-absorbed. The character was so self-absorbed that, that there was nothing else in the world that meant anything else to him, other well, than that. Well, is that 
a failing of the film, or is that a Spike John Jones John trope? Spike Jones. Jones. Um, trope. Well, hang on. What else? What else are we talking about? Spike Jones. Uh, you couldn't finish that word. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the beginning of that word. No, he finish. didn't make that one, did he? I want to say. No, he didn't. Who that was the him? other geezer. Oh, uh, the Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. Kaufman yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Dear. Spike Jones oh. uh, made other films. You see, one of the reasons, listener, you tune into this program is to hear experts <laughs> typing on a computer. <laughs> typing on a computer. Off mark. On IMDb. To try and find now out. Now I'm typing what... Spike IMDb. Jones. <laughs> this is going well. No, no, it's fine. It's all good. But it's he... real. Uh, he directed her. Oh, that's a great film. Uh, no, nothing else. What else? Oh, that where the world things are. Well, don't start there. Go back a bit further. Uh, again, don't, if it's don't... not the wrong thing to say, I wanted to punch that kid in the face. <laughs> I want to punch everyone in the face. <laughs> Basically, I want to punch everyone you in the face. You again, self-centred sport, little brat. I wanted to punch him in the face. So, I mean, are we... <laughs> <laughs> Are we blaming Joaquin Phoenix for that? Uh, no. No, I'm not blaming Joaquin. His performance is fine. It's the character. No, and actually, to be fair to Joaquin, yes. I believed his character. Right. So much that you That wanted I to wanted perform. to smack him in the face, not not Joaquin. Right. Uh, what else was there? No, you did videos, didn't he? Mm. No other film. Oh, adaptation. Yeah. And that adaptation. was good. I like that. Well, I mean... Because that's know, more controlled again, isn't it? It's not... Uh... I mean, yeah, but he had quite, you know, adaptation is... He he, he was quite self... No, I mean, okay. Could, okay. If you take it but on a broader scale, the, the act of making a film is a self-indulgent thing to do, I guess, well, isn't In it? that case, we should yeah. all stop. <laughs> it's, it's, no, but to some degree it is, well, isn't it? This is, I'm going to say... I, okay, we're I, getting I, into probably difficult territory well, we now, are, but, but I'm going to say this is because I think you hate the credit man. Also, I do hate the credit man. If, yeah. you weren't so, if we weren't so self-obsessed as filmmakers... Yes. Then, then you wouldn't have eight minutes of credits on the you, end of films. Then you could sell more popcorn. Well, no, it's not. I want to go home. It's not about popcorn. I just <laughs> want to go home. Come on, because you're sitting there watching it all. I am. Where do they film this? Oh, if they oh. put that on the beginning, it'd be so much. Okay, let's play the music from her. Here we go. Uh, this is uh, was this? It was in the film and written by Spike Jones and somebody else. Karen O. Is it? Let's look it up while we play. No, 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 no. I'm, I've got it written down. Oh, okay. I wrote I it down on purpose. I, I, I'm going to say because I didn't even know. Karen that. O. and Spike Jones. Moon song. Oh. Yeah, from her.
you'll ever do Two can be as bad as one It's the loneliest number since the number one No is the saddest experience you'll ever know experience you'll ever know because one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do one is the loneliest number that you'll ever know I don't know. Right, thought I took it off my iTunes. Uh, uh, Amy Mann won from Paul Thomas Anderson's 1990 film, 1999 film, Magnolia. Now, I to me, that is self-indulgence 
that works. Yeah. Whereas yeah. her is self-indulgence that doesn't work. Well, if you didn't like the film, then it, no. <laughs> you would say that. But if you did like the film, then it worked Yeah, well, but, I mean, it's kind of done with such... Yeah, I mean, I guess in the end, the, the conclusion one can only draw is that it's entirely subjective. I guess so. And that sounds but, glib, but ultimately, really, that's true. And actually, yeah. we should celebrate that we all like something different. Oh, that's great. Shouldn't we? I'm going to hold hands. Yeah. No, but it's true, though, because, I mean, some people say, you know, oh, oh no, that they're right. Well, I'm generally right. But yes, it's... yes, you do say that. <laughs> so we only have three minutes left, mm. which is a shame. Uh, what are we going to do? We're going to go out. I'll tell you what, I'm going to start uh, three minutes in. Yeah, here we go. So I'm going to start this playing. Here we go. Which is... Ooh, here we go. Oh. Ennio Morricone's uh, score from The Untouchables, which is going to take us out of the show. Thank you, Phil. Thank you very much, Gibbon. It's been great. It's been marvellous. Thank uh, you so much. And we're going to do it again, hopefully. Ambition of mine. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, thank you to everyone out there for listening. It's great to have you along. Please tell us what you think about the show, good, bad, indifferent, or whatever. And you know I love you all. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello to you too. Phil's an avid podcaster. So say hello, podcasters. Hello, podcasters. <laughs> And thanks for joining us. And I'll see you next week when my guest will be uh, actually John Baronetia from the Picturehouse Chain of Cinemas. So I've got my cutlass out and I'm just going to run him through. <laughs> Job done. Job done. All right, then. See you next week, chaps. <laughs>